Hi, I'm Jetstream Jones of the Three Peat Podcast, and let me tell you about Surfshark VPN, the world's leading VPN. Yes, Craig, the world's leading VPN. Travel to US or 15 other countries without leaving your couch and enjoy their Netflix libraries, plus unlock their other streaming service. Yes, 15 Netflix libraries from around the world. This handy feature lets you select apps or websites, bypass VPN connection, and also works great for banking. Prevent malware. Your privacy is your right, not a privilege. They don't monitor or log anything you don't want them when you connect. Shark VPN, and I have that link in the bio. I'll give you 83% off today. Yes, 83%, and they're only gonna charge you $1.99 a month. You know why? Because Jetstream sent you, and that's a good deal. That's a jaw-dropping deal. Surfshark VPN, surfshark.com. Another episode of the Three P Podcast. I am your host, Destin Jones. I'm here with my co-host Dion Daniel with Spice Twins. It's a saucy Sunday episode. We back at it again. How y'all doing, my brother? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. Still black. You feel me? <laughs> hey. Black and beautiful. And yeah, saucy. I mean? Wow. Pause. <laughs> wow. Pause. Might not be as beautiful Whoa. as Tyler Hero, but we're getting there. You know what I'm saying? That's wild. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. Out of there. Yes, Lord. All right. All right. Today, we'll get into our topics. We'll talk about rich versus famous, love and loyalty, participation trophies, leadership styles. Then we'll jump into the sports report. We'll talk about should the NCAA have a season, all sports on that one. And we'll talk about all-time NBA starting five. We'll talk about is Melo back and what team will surprise us the most in the playoffs. Jamie, where we at with this? Rich hey, I'm here famous? to talk that shit. Nigga, I'd rather be rich than famous. I said it first. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> hey, you got to start the pot with that, rich buddy. Famous. Uh, rich yeah, famous. Man. I'm your nigga, your nigga. Shit. Shit. First off, I want to say, hey, it's another week. It's another saucy Sunday. Hey, Jamie, I'm brother. sorry to interrupt you. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I got to finish my takeoff first. Quick to uh, shoot right, three. Oh, quick to shoot three dead fishing. No, I'm just saying, go ahead. You good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm happy and blessed by a lot to 
You know what I mean? Be here again with my brothers for sure. So I want to start off like that. Now, it's time to talk this shit. Rich and famous, bro. We live in a society and a generation where they would rather be famous than rich. And it's crazy. You know what I mean? Because what my therapist once said to me is you can't expect everybody to carry the same value and moral and morality than that you carry. So in that adjustment, in my adaptation of that thinking, I had to come to a realization that, okay, if I think like that, I can't expect the next person to think the same way because we living in a fast world. Everyone to go fast all the time. It don't matter what it is. Everybody want to go fast. We want instant gratification. And we living in the world that it puts a lot of pressure on the weak mind. So if you are a weak minded person or a group thinker, then you go go along with the times without even you go do it unconsciously. You just go follow the move as the move happens. But if you're a real one, you go think about the move before the move happens. So that move will never surprise you. So this topic was important to me because it's like, yo, and not even rich, but wealthy. Wealthy in mind, spirit, and soul, finances, generational wealth. Building something that your kids, kids can eat off of and benefit from and really say later on down the line, I have something to, I have something in my name. I have something to carry this tradition on. I have something that I won't have to outsource. I can keep it all here so we can benefit and we can double and flip that. And we can keep it all here. So that money, that money in the community is recycling, but it's recycling here. And that's important because at the end of the day, all this cloud shit, yo, all this shit is, none of this shit is real. So when you realize and you look around and see people say, you know what I mean, doing all this shit for clout. It's like, bro, you are unhappy. Your spiritual well, your spiritual war- warfare is conflicted because you are not doing of such the things that will benefit you and your family and people that actually matter. You're doing things for people that don't give a fuck about you. So at the end of the day, you're not adapting with the times. You're just going with trends. You're going with trends. You're a follower. Call it what it is. You're a follower. So at the end of the day, you can follow this trend, this trend, this trend, but you will never find yourself within these trends, within these following paths. You will never follow, you will never find yourself within that. So at the end of the day, a lot of people, they, Rather go that route because they think it's a get rich quick scheme, but the same at the same time, what can you contribute to this society in a positive manner if you always searching for that quick get rich quick scheme? You're always searching for that. How can I come up and how can I look like I didn't came up? How can I look? Like, I got it now. 
It's not about the look. It's about what do you actually have? What is your real residual? So it's like at the end of the day, I can't applaud you for wanting to be, you, you doing shit just to be famous. You doing this shit just to be seen. We see it from dudes out here plexing, doing all this other shit just to look like they got it, just to look like they tough. <clears throat> Bro, that's lame as hell. A lot of y'all posing with prop guns, prop money. That's lame as hell. And you're lame forever doing that. You're lame. That's lame, bro. I fear nobody but Allah. So a lot of these people, they be flexing or they exploit and take advantage of the city that they from just because it's a high crime rate. We see different people from Chicago, New Orleans, certain parts of New York, certain parts of Cali. Bro, I don't care where you from. You got to stand on 10 toes just like I'm doing. So it's like at the end of the day, bro, you just starting to gain clout. I can't let you gain it off of me. That's lame as hell. You're lame, bro. Our projection is different. I'm searching for something real. You're searching for something fake, a facade that everybody else can be pleased with. So I'd rather build this wealth over here and go the sta- and take the stairs. I'd rather take the stairs. While you taking that elevator, I'm going to take the stairs, bro. Because I'm going to be able to appreciate everything that I gained on that way. I'm going to appreciate every, all the smiles on the face, on the faces that, of the people that's around me. I'm going to be able to appreciate that. So for me, that's the main difference between being rich or my thing or wealthy versus famous. Yeah, Johnny, uh, I feel you on that, man. It's just so many people, so many people in this world, they'd rather be famous because they think that is being rich. Once you are looked at by your peers in a certain way, when you're getting them social media comments going up, when you're getting them pictures, likes going up, uh, all that. So it's just like this. I remember watching a Say Cheese interview. Shout out uh, Sean Cotton. It's uh, Sukiyana, one of my favorite artists. I love Miss Sukiyana. Uh, I don't know if y'all know who that is, but she she the real freak. She a freak freak. Anyway, she talked about how she moved from Detroit to Atlanta, started stripping, and she was more famous than rich out there because her personality. And it was to the point where she couldn't even pay her bills. And that's when she was like, man, fuck this shit. I'm finna go get rich. Ain't nothing... Ain't nothing coming with it by just being famous. Being famous don't pay your bills. Uh, having 150 people on Twitter that follow you ain't really nothing. Uh, 15,000, all that, because most of these niggas have fake followers. We go back to reality and perception. Social media is not reality. It's just a perception. And I think once people start to realize that they can dissect being rich from famous. We heard from Amigos about being rich from famous in 2013. Uh, Versace mixtape. I think that's what it was. Uh, but it's just time that as a young generation, we got to sit back and look, okay, this person getting all this 
likes and stuff on Twitter, but let me tell y'all this right now, you don't get supported by Twitter. You don't get uh, sponsorships from getting retweets on Twitter. You got to go through YouTube, got to run through these algorithms. Um, you know what I'm saying? You got to get your sponsors up. Shout out Surfshark, VPN. But yeah, that's where I'm at on that. Deonda, where you at? Don't ever call me that again in your life. But uh, yeah, I had some technical difficulties. <laughs> he called you. <laughs> he called you Deonda. Um, Deonda. I'm sure y'all was making. <laughs> I'm sure y'all was making some great points, and I mean, it should be common sense, but common sense ain't too common. You know, if you were to choose, would you rather be rich or famous? I mean, most definitely rather be rich. And Juwan just made a great point, like. You can have all these followers or whatever it is you, you have and you can be famous and you can be broke as shit. It could be somebody that has 50 followers and there is. It's not even there could be. There is people out there like that have 50 followers and they got more than the nigga that has 5 million because he did one viral video or something. And he didn't take advantage of it and get paid the right way and he's seeing no check from that. There's child actors that were in movies that we know that are beloved films there were blockbusters and they only got that little bit of check from them because they didn't have a big role. And yeah, they're famous. We've seen them out. You would know them. They live in paycheck to paycheck. So being famous equates to nothing if you're not taking advantage of the situation in which you found yourself getting famous and, and capitalizing off the revenue. You're just an idiot. You're just another dummy that has a face anywhere you go, but you ain't got nothing to show for it. Um, I think for me, it's just, it's simple. Do what you need to do to get rich and whatever you consider rich. People can look at that different ways. Everyone looks at it different ways. Some people consider it, you know, living within your means and having a little bit for extra, extra lifestyle and, and doing some kind of luxurious things from time to time. And some people just want the world and billions. Some people look at rich being that way. Whatever you consider rich, you better get that before you get famous because you ain't going to get famous without doing something. But if you're doing something that can get you famous, make sure you're capitalizing and getting that revenue and not just selling out so you can have a face plastered everywhere and not seeing no money on the back end of it. Because that's just, that's just ignorance. And I'm sure, I know Jamie made a good point. Juwan made a good point. There's, there's a lot of people that would go that route. Oh, I can get, I can get famous off of just doing this. And you're not asking the real questions like, when am I going to see the check for this? Or how am I going to, continue down the road to receive income from this and my name and my likeness. It's not about being famous. Who gives a shit? Who knows you? doesn't matter who knows you. You should know you and make the right decisions and know what's in your bank account at the end of the day. That's all that matters. That's how I feel about that. How can you monetize? How can you monetize your likeness? How can you get paid for your likeness and not be abused? You gotta study that shit. You gotta study that shit. I'm glad you brought up that point. You have to know how to monetize your likeness. Or if you don't, these companies, these Fortune 500 that's eating off your shit, they're gonna abuse you. You're a slave. You gotta understand that. And that's something we have to study. We have to really come to a realization of that. I give people free game all the time. Juan do, Dion do. Like, yo, y'all got to realize 
There's people that are telling you this. You just gotta be with them to listen. Facts. Some of the some of people's favorite Instagram models and Instagram entertainers or whatever it is, social media entertainers, they're dummies in real life. There's some that ain't, there's some that are. They're just dummies in real life and they got clout and they got a lot of followers. They're not taking the right steps to make no money. Because if you follow them long enough and you pay attention and you get investigative with the shit and really look, they probably riding a bus somewhere and you just don't know it. If you're in their city, people have seen people that are these famous people, they riding a the bus. They can't pay no rent. They live in the hood and they shouldn't be, not because they want to be, because they shouldn't be, but they just don't, they can't afford to live nowhere else. It's, it's people like that. You have to know what you're doing in your life and controlling your situation. People don't care to do that. They just care to be plastered over the internet like some dumbasses. Yeah, for real, for real. You really got to be rich in mind and spirit. And I speak from past experience. I used to want to be famous, especially in the city around MySpace time. Uh, even when Facebook was popping up, Twitter time. I believe everybody wants to be famous in their city around that time, get their followers up. Shit, most of us paid for followers back then. I keep it 100. I paid for like 1,000 followers for like 50 cent type shit. I want to be famous in my city. Uh but really, I'd rather be rich in my city and get other niggas rich in my city. Um, just like I heard from one of my brothers the other day, I, asked, I helped him out with his business, getting his business started and everything. And he just hit him like, hey, how's the business going? He said, I'm up 600. Good. For real, for real. You know what I'm saying? And uh, that's just where I'm at with that. Uh, I think everybody hit their point on that. Uh, Jamie, where we at with this love and loyalty? Told y'all I'm here to talk that shit. You know what I mean? Yee yee, talk that shit. Say, bro, love and loyalty. You know what I mean? We heard this topic a lot. I mean, most of it stemmed from the 21 Savage interview. And my take on it is for me, a lot of people chose, you know what I mean? A lot of people chose loyalty, but they chose it because it was trending. Everybody else was choosing it and taking the same points that 21 had and then putting that to their own. You know how the group thinking works. So it's like at, at the same time, it's like, yo, you can't have one without the other if you really dissect and break down what everything means. I can't, if I, lo- if I say I love you, then I'm going to be loyal to you. Now, I mean, if I say I love you, that means I don't want to do anything to harm you. I don't want to do anything that disrespect. I can't love you today and not love you tomorrow. It's like I can't be loyal to you today and not be loyal to you tomorrow. So a lot of people are saying, oh, now, I mean, you can you can love me and still, now, I mean, fuck me over. They don't love you then. They don't. They got lust for you, L-U-S-T, lust. They have that for you. But if we break down a true meaning of love, that means, hey, that shit is unconditional. That shit is bulletproof. Shout out to Mazi. You hear me? That shit is bulletproof. That means nothing can infiltrate the love that I got for you. If nothing can infiltrate that, that means I got to be loyal to you, no matter what. And a lot of people, they misconstrue that and they go with the trends and they talk. I'm like, bro, that's toxic. If you choose loyalty over love. 
because it works. It, it coincides with each, with each other. It's they both are cohesive. I can't have one without the other. Because if I say I truly love you unconditionally, that means I'm loyal to you to a fault. That means my loyalty never wavers because I love you on that level. But when you love, when you're using that word love as a throw around word, you use it loosely, man, that's when shit gets shaky. That's when that drama comes in and that toxic, that toxicity, that, that shit comes in. When you use it loosely, you're not really saying shit to represent how you really feel. So we have to start realizing the mannerism and the way that we use these words, the context of, the, of how we use these words and the deeper meaning of how we use these words before we spew them out to the people that we say we love. Because everybody go interpret it a different way. So I got to, so that's how I, I feel about like, yo, don't tell me you love me if you want to die for me. So if I'm telling you that, that means you got to be loyal to me. Because I'm going to give that same energy to you. And that's like, bro, if I say I love you, that means I'll die for you. Everybody don't deep. When I say that to people, they, they might, damn, bro, you crazy. Damn, bro, what you talk? It sounds crazy because you say die, because you mentioned death. But death is a part of everybody. I'm just telling you the extent that I will go for you because I do love you. We've grown to that relationship, whoever in your life. So people got to stop abusing the word and really start standing on that word and saying, bro, yeah, I said it. Yeah, I'm living like that. So when people say, oh, I choose loyalty over, nah, you choosing that, bro, because you're trying to dismiss the fact that you said you love this person. So you can hold this person at the end of the day. That shit lame to me, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I kind of see it different, but I don't disagree with you. Um, I see like loyalty runs the line. I don't see it running the line with love. I see it running more with respect. Really, all three run together. Uh, but more with loyalty is, I think respect more runs with it than love because. Shit, I didn't have people that said they love me and stole from me all my life. Uh, but that's not loyalty. I've had people that said they love me and go say some shit about me behind my back. That's not loyalty. I have some people I can find my business with and they go tell my business to somebody else. That's not loyalty. Uh, and it just, it really just comes back to respect, I think. When you respect the person, um, you start getting that loyalty. You know what I'm saying? You start running with them. You respect them. You're running with them. You'll die for them. But I think when people who see that fake love most of their lives or they go through a lot of fake love in their life, they probably won't see it the same because a lot of people who do say they love you will fuck you over. And I don't see that as loyalty. Uh, but that's where I'm at with that.
Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. Uh, I feel both of your points. And what's crazy is, um, for the listeners, before we, when we pick our topics, we never really talk it over with each other. We just go off the dome. That's why it's so authentic. And what's crazy is, um, not word for word verbatim or anything, but uh, Jamie's point was exactly the way I feel about it um, because they do coincide so well together. Um, I get your point too, Juwan. That was a good one too. But like, literally what I was about to say was basically what Jamie said. I feel the same way because um, they coincide with each other and I'm a person that's the same way. I don't throw around the word love very loosely, whether it be friendship, relationship, anything like i'm just not gonna say that if i say that shit like i I legitimately mean that um especially i mean i'm not too big in the zodiac shit but i think that you know certain traits that go with certain signs it it does kind of uh relate to me me being a cancer i'm a very big-hearted loving person emotional person so me being emotional i'm not just gonna tell you i love you because at the end of the day once i tell you that once i mean that shit forever you know what i'm saying um so that's why I feel like Jamie does. Um, I'd rather have love than loyalty because that right there is your loyalty to me. That's how I view it. When I tell you I love you, my loyalty is, is to the very end of you, no matter what. No matter what you do to me, I'm very forgiving. And with that love comes my forgiveness and, and unconditional love in any, any situation you're in, any situation I'm in. Um, so... I mean, he hit it on the head. It's not really much more, but just to get my point of view where I feel about love versus loyalty, my loyalty to you is if I love you or if I don't and how I truly feel about you. And I will show you that if you know me and if you are a person that I have told that to. I mean, my actions show it. My actions show my loyalty to you. And I expect the same return if I ever tell you I love you. And Can I ask you all this question real quick? What's up? So... What happens when you break that love or you break that loyalty? Um, for me, I mean, like I just said, like that, that, that runs neck and neck, my loyalty and my love when I tell you that. And for somebody to break it, it depends the situation and, and how they broke it. But like I said, I am a very forgiving person because I'm a very emotional person. But if they do some unforgivable shit, and I told you I loved you and that was my loyalty to you, loyalty to you. If it's unforgivable to me in my eyes, whatever it is, because I mean that to the end and I'm like that, I'm just cutting off. I just cut off at that point and I'm just not going to fuck with you. I'm not going to hate you. I'm not going to hold a grudge because I told you I loved you unconditionally. So I will have love for you, but you won't, you won't speak to me. You won't get the same energy. I, it depends on if you're in dire need of a, a financial burden or whatever it is that you need. Maybe I'm still, I'm so forgiving that maybe depending on what you did to me, I might even still be there because that's how much I mean that stuff. And that's how emotional, emotionally invested I am. If you get to that point with me. Um, but if it's some unforgivable stuff, you could just forget about it. Hey, and Jamie, before you go, let me, let me just ask, revert that question. I think I answered it wrong. So what if we <coughs> broke that love of loyalty? Say one of us broke that. <coughs> My thing is, bro, look. We'll have, the most common thing that we've said through this whole thing is when people say. I know that phrase might go over a lot of people, but when people say. It's the way that. There's a pause coming. (laughs) 
it's the way that you use your that yo that tongue is powerful. <laughs> pause. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit is yeah. powerful because that ain't, the that ain't that no you, pause, bro. Because the way that you spew that out, it's like, bro. If from me, word is bond, but to you, it's just words. Then we're conflicted. Right. So it's like, to me, when I say that, it means something on a whole different scale in totality. But when you, you mean it in a whole different light. So we are not representing the same thing. But just because I said it and I meant it, don't mean it's any lesser. I meant that. Whatever you do to abuse that, you have to live with that. You take that up with God. I don't, I'm not the judge or the juror. All I can focus on are how I move and how I prosper through those events and how I determine our affiliation going forward. Because when somebody show you who they are, you believe them. A lot of times, that's why I hate when we throw around the toxic word because that became a trendy thing. And it's like, yo, that shit ain't cool. Talk? Nah, that's toxic right there. When people show you who they are and you don't believe them, and then they do it again, and then you still don't believe them because you're holding on to a... You thought they were their projection was higher than it really was. You tried to determine their maturation process when you thought she was God. You tried to determine their journey in their own personal life experience and try to coincide, coincide it with what you are going through in your maturation period because you wanted to speed up because you thought they were projected to be where you was at that moment. And that's not how life works. Everybody has their process in which they come to that realization of saying or believing and be willing to be that for whoever that are around them. Everybody around you is not that for you. They're not. So it's like, you got to understand if I tell you I love you, I mean it. Because I've come to the maturation point of knowing what that means. So I'm willing to endure anything that you put forth because I know and I've dissected the true you. So in saying that, it's like, yo, if you do that, no, we're going to talk about it because I love you. Now, if I don't have no love for you, I'm loyal because that's me. My loyalty to you don't mean, no, I'm loyal because it's me. I'm loyal as a person, as an individual first. My loyalty to you is an extension. So, bro, if I say I love you and you do some crazy, if I see you do some crazy shit, I'm going to talk to you because nine times out of ten, I've already predetermined who you was as a person. You've already showed me in situations that you were solid, that you going to hold it down, that you going to do what's necessary for the people that you love. So 
I've already predetermined who you was as a person for me to even go forth to saying, I, I love you. So it's a difference between somebody saying it and then somebody showing you that they mean it. A lot of times we worry about what people say instead of about what people do, the patterns. Patterns will tell you everything about a person's character. That's what I got to say about that. There's been situations where somebody will say, oh, you, like, fuck me over. But in reality, for one, communication is a big thing with that. And then actually knowing each other's relationship and where where that really stands. A lot of people assume. They go back, they go assumption-based. And the people, that's why before when we were talking about, uh, in the last episode, we were talking about the small circles and why I say I keep my circle small because everybody around me knows what's good. And everybody around me knows the code. They know the principle that we all live on. So when you know that and you've already exercised that principle in the communication, that's not a conversation we ever have because we never go past those lines. So if you're not in that circle in my rim of life and I've known you at one point and then we came across and say, boom, a lot of this shit happens with women. I'm going to keep it 100. A lot of shit happens with women. And then they say... Oh, bro, I thought you... Eh, nah, bro, I ain't talked to you in 10 years. We're not like that. We was young. When we reached our maturation peak and we grew with life, bro, you know shit is free game. Just like shit free game on your side. I never trip on shit that other people trip on because I know the game. So you have to know the game. You got to know the game and when you're dealing with shit. All I know is I would never be disloyal to myself and the people around me that show genuine love for me. I've never betrayed them. The people around me that say genuine love for me that we mutually share that love with, I'll never betray you, bro. And people around me, they can vouch for that. Because you got to be that guy. You got to be that one to stand on that word. We're grown. Let's communicate. Let's have a conversation about this. You don't want to have a conversation. You want to assume that's on you. We're not tight like that. So you beefing with yourself. You beefing with a ghost. Because I'm not even on that type of time. And it's like, you got to understand the dealings that you have with people. Their dealings with you might be, they're only situational. So, and I'm going to keep it real blunt. So if I mess with your female, now we all of a sudden brothers, but I ain't talked to you in 10 years. And it's crazy. Nah, bro, I fucked with you when I had to fuck with you. We was in a town. We was in, I come from a small town. We all come from a small town. At the end of the day. Nigga, that shit is lame as hell, bro. Fuck you and what you talking about. The people that's fucked with me, that show genuine love for me, I show it back. And we completely silent. So I never go through a situation where that ever happened. Because if you're solid with me, I'm going to keep it completely solid with you. 
And that's as simple as it gets for me. Anybody else got anything on that? No, no, no. That was good. Dion, where we at with this participation trophies? Um, I was looking at the uh so we about to we about to transition over into the lighter stuff and the sports here soon. So I got I thought it is just because looking at the the bubble awards and I thought that was kind of crazy that they gave out awards for those few games. And I mean, that just kind of ties into like I was thinking about too. Sports are like shifting, especially like um, younger sports and like the way the kids aren't going to college no more. They're going straight overseas, stuff like that. But mainly the participation trophies. Like, I just wanted to see how y'all felt about those. I thought that shit was just lame as hell that they did that. A bubble award. That's just crazy to me. And then how you feel about like sports shifting and kids going straight overseas and the way they're training now, going straight AU the whole way, not even playing for schools and then going overseas and shit like that. Like, it's just going real different nowadays, which, I mean, it's cool. I like it. Not to say I don't like that, but I just want to see how y'all felt about that. So I think we'll have a good combo about it. Uh, I'm with you right there. I, I feel like that was lame. I don't feel like it really was needed. Um, I really don't know the backstory behind it, but if they got a hundred thousand extra dollars or something for getting these awards or these second team awards in the bubble, if they got paid for getting these awards, then I give it I give it a little thumbs up. But other than that, I'm not rocking yeah. with it too much. What about the what and about then, the playing games? I like that. I ain't gonna lie. Um, yeah, it's all right. Um, like Adam Silver said, they'll probably think about doing that a little bit more. And then to answer your uh other question about players going overseas, uh, I like it. Everybody says it's the mellow ball movement, but really as I think about it back when for my generation, really to me, it's the Moutier movement. Um, it's the Moutier's, um, what's that dude from Oklahoma? Terrence Ferguson's. Uh, but I think that since Melo went overseas, as young as he did, it kind of started more of a trend for these players to start going overseas and seeing the bag they can get. You can go to China and get an M right out of college. You know what I'm saying? And there's Wash nice. basketball talent over there getting uh, millions on millions of dollars out there getting uh, shoe deals, endorsements, all that, living their life, living good. Uh, so it's just like people got to – I don't think people understood that, yeah, there's the NBA, but besides the NBA, there's not too many markets out there besides the big three where you can make money. So I think that people are understanding that, oh, I can go overseas and get this bag and develop my talent with these grown men and get my body to where it needs to be, to where I can go to the NBA. Um, just like two of my favorite people in the draft right now, RJ Hampton and LaMelo Ball. I think from them coming from overseas to going to be, you know what I'm saying, number one picks in the NBA. I mean, number one picks. First rounders, I'm going to say that. Melo going number one. I don't care what nobody say. Melo going number one. And then – uh RJ, I feel like their bodies is going to get used to where it needs to be now um, for people in the NBA. We see people like Luca. We see his transition from playing at 15 with grown men all the way up to now, um, the mentality he has and uh, what he can do on the court. So 
I think overseas can change your game. But also, I do like this new G League route they got going um, where they will be going overseas and playing people. So a lot of people might want to look into that uh, elite G League team they got with all these uh, top 10 ranked people on there and stuff uh, from America to Philippines. Um, they're probably going to be adding some people from China soon. So, yeah, that's how I feel about that. And sorry, I forgot this. Participation trophies is kind of for kids. Or, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the way it's he just, said it's that, kind of like, for kids. Like, you don't want to offend nobody. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Just like, you know, I'm thinking of having this three-on-three, you know what I'm saying, pretty soon. And it's just like, if you're not first place, it's like, I'm not going to give you no participation trophy. Here, like, a $20... Get if you ain't first or last, it is. Yeah, like it's bragging rights out here. You came in second, you came in third, cool, but you didn't come in first. And yeah, that's how I'm at. Yeah, bro, that's a good point. Like for the bubble MVP, bro, in the bubble starting five, I really thought that shit was a joke at first. I did not know that was a real thing. Oh, God. I really didn't. Like, I really thought all of that was, like, a joke, and they was, like, trolling on some shit. I never thought that was, like, a real thing until recent. And for me, it's like, bro, all right, now y'all just trying to capitalize off of the situation. That's all that is. They trying to capitalize off the situation to gain revenue as they would. They probably, they trying to gain revenue from the revenue they lost as if it was a regular season type of deal. And it comes back to monetizing shit and blah, 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 blah. I don't, I don't fuck with it personally. Like, no, you have one MVP or you got two MVPs. You got a regular season MVP and the finals MVP. Anything in between that don't fucking matter, bro. I don't care about somebody being a bubble MVP when both of the bubble MVPs was fight for an eighth spot in a playoff season. We're not, I don't care about that. Yes. So. Facts. I feel like the Suns day, got robbed, kind of. That's fucked up, but yeah. They did, bro, because they didn't up. have no actual chance of winning. That's what they the NBA basically told them. Y'all have no chance of actually winning this. And it's like, it's crazy to see, and it showed a flaw in our league, which is a great league, but it showed a flaw of, like, bro, why the fuck are we here now? So, at the end of the day, bro, that was whack. The participation shit was whack. And then as far as like, so off of that, just going to the whole overseas thing and I'm all with it, bro. Because at the end of the day, we talk about monetizing before. It's like, bro, you're monetizing your likeness. So if all these college programs are benefiting off your likeness, then why shouldn't you be able to benefit off of it? And we talk about players coming from the hood, coming from the projects and shit like that. That's now, bro, if I know I have the talent to get picked in the draft now, but I can't go straight from high school, but I know I'm not going to finish college, and I can go back to college at any time, then yes, pay me now because I feel like I can compete with these grown men because you're going to sell my jerseys and I'm not going to get a lick from it off your college, off these college programs and shit. So at the end of the day, Yes, I want to take my talents elsewhere because I feel like I can compete on that higher level. And I can go actually play, even if I'm not completely ready, I can go play with these grown men 
that's go give me an experience of oh this is what the next level it's a simulation of what the next level is about that contact that you know what i mean them hard fouls things of that nature so yes i'm gonna prefer to go to that a lot of kids and we gotta understand we are in the most talented the most talented error ever when we talk about one through five we got seven footers that can dribble the ball now like we in different times so yes if you don't want players to go straight out of high school guess what they, this next route if you got all these players coming out of the first round uh, leaving after one year anyway then what is the difference Oh, the only Thanks. difference is you can't out of that. The only difference is that one year you can't make money off of them because they already took their challenge somewhere else. So now you're losing out. That's why the college programs are against this. So now I'm taking my own, my own sit in my own hands and saying this is what I'm gonna do because it's gonna benefit me and my family. And that's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. Sidebar though, before we go to the next segment, I like I like the uh Everything that we just said, like, I, that's why I want to talk about that. I love that the, the kids are doing that and that's where it's headed. But I also do like if a kid wants to go to college or his parents push from the college. I like what uh, Mikey's talking about, that HBCU shit. I really like that shit. I'm not going to lie. If they're going to go to college, go to some HBCUs. Fuck that. Facts. And that's a whole, that's a whole nother topic. And, uh, Dion, where are we at with these leadership styles? Um, yeah, speaking of playoffs and shit like that, um, I want to talk about leadership styles. I mean, it can, um, because my, my army experience, um, I just got out. So, I mean, I got a lot to talk about that, but that's topics for, for another times. Um, but I was just thinking about leadership styles in general. And then I, I just thought about the playoffs and tied it into that. And every leader and every association, league, military, basketball, football, whatever, People have different leadership styles. And in general, leadership style that I like personally, there's, I'm going to speak on mine and then y'all can do y'all's, but um, I like leaders by... Chill out, chill out, chill out, chill out. <laughs> he ain't no leader, not yet. But uh, I like uh, leaders by example or no, leaders by example along with togetherness, togetherness excuse me, kind of like how um, one of the main reasons I like LeBron is his leadership style. I love how Kobe and MJ do their thing, like the mentality, like, no, kill shit. This is what you're going to do. You fucking suck. Tell them they fucking suck in practice. We know both of them niggas was on that. And LeBron doesn't have their reputation. I'm pretty sure sometimes he tells niggas stuff like that. I mean, there's little small stories about him doing some disrespectful shit like that, but it's not as much as those two guys. Because his leadership style is more leading by example and then togetherness and building a whole unit. And for me, that's how, that's what I follow. When I was in the military, I follow that type of person versus the person that's going to tell me, still, you're a piece of shit. You're not doing this shit right. You're fucking up. If he comes to me and says, look, this is where you're wrong. This is what you need to do. If you need something, let me know. And, and I think that's just, that's, a, that's just interesting to me that, you know, in whatever situation it is, like I said, military sports, wherever it is, you're always going to have a leader working, business, whatever it is. And people, they attach and they react to different type of leadership styles. And I just find that so interesting because everyone's so different. And, and some person, that might make them cry. 
telling them they're a piece of shit. Some people get motivated by that. Some people don't like the together shit and they kind of want to still be with team, but still for self at first. And I just find that really interesting. But for me, that's, that's the type of leadership style I like. That's one of the main reasons I really, really like LeBron because I love the way he leads. And that being said, I want to ask, do y'all guys feel like with these role players, because we saw them in the bubble and they looked pretty, we know they can be really good in flashes and they can be really trash. Speaking for the role players, we know what Brian and AD are going to bring. LeBron's the number one de facto leader of that team. Do y'all think that his leadership style is the reason why they're kind of struggling or will it change in the playoffs? I think he's going to change the playoffs. I know that for sure, but is that what those role players on that squad need or do they need a Kobe or MJ to tell them they fucking suck and they need to step up? There's different type of leadership styles in the league. I was just hoping he would have gave us different players as an example that are in the league right now because you, you said Jordan and Kobe, but I don't really see too many players in the league with that Joe, Jordan or Kobe aspect when it does come to uh, in practice. You know, we basketball fans, we sit there on YouTube and watch practices. We sit there and see what's really going on. You know, we really don't get too much film and insight. We might get 30 seconds to three minutes or so. Uh, Boban on my team, Boban... Boban is a big fun dude, and that's how he leads, right? Just even with Luca, like having fun, going out there and playing the game, that's how he leads, by trying to have fun and just, you know what I'm saying? Like Rick Carlisle says it all the time, we don't have too many plays we run. And it's just like we have the best rated offense ever, and it shows because, you know what I'm saying, who we have. And I think people lead, like LeBron is a great leader. And to ask your question again is, I do think his leadership will change in the playoffs. Uh, he might need to go on to that Jordan and Kobe route with some of those players, like he did JR. Uh, I've seen two different sides of LeBron's leadership. LeBron will call you out in the media. He's going to hold you accountable. And I think that really LeBron, Jordan, and Kobe's styles is kind of similar because they hold you accountable. But to like you were saying, LeBron's not with the yelling and yelling and like two pods ago, we talked about, I said, LeBron left the bench uh, early. And y'all were like, well, what did he do before that? I said, he dapped everybody up. But for me, I wish LeBron would have just stayed and left with the whole team and not be that first person to leave. Even if it's a blowout, honestly, I rather would have liked to see him like AD was. That's why I said, I'm starting to see AD's leadership in the Lakers where he did stay, uh, dapped everybody up, high five, danced with them. Uh, and then he was the last one to the locker room. I just wish LeBron would have been there with AD, too. Yeah, bro, man. I'll see both points. But it's like, I'm going to break down the different leadership type. Because I feel like, and I know these are idols. These are people we see above the butt. Like, you know what I mean? But me personally, like, we are leaders. We all have different leadership traits. The way we approach life, the way we... Um, handle people around us and the way we articulate to people around us that are trying to, that we want to better themselves and uh, better themselves on their quest. And even with like, so boom, so with the NBA, <clears throat> whatever sport, like we go stick with the NBA. Boom, you got LeBron's leadership. A lot of people say he's a big kid. He's a big kid. Like, he jokes around, do this and that, but when it comes down to it, 
yeah, he gonna get serious when it needs to get serious. But he also knows that everybody, all his teammates do not, have not been, he's been through every situation you could throw to him in his career. He's been through the fails and the, the, the lows and the highs. He's been through everything in between. But everybody on his team has not been through that. So he talks to it. So he handles everybody on his team in a different manner. That's what a leader is supposed to do. You got to know your personnel. You got to know what people you can talk to a certain way and which ones you can't. Can't talk to everybody the same because you're going to lose people. And then you got Chris Paul leadership. Which is why I say he deserves MVP consideration because the Thunder, they were saying they was rebuilding. They were trying to throw his contract away the first when he first got signed. They were saying, who's going to take on his contract? Who's going to do this? That was the only topic of conversation was getting rid of Chris Paul and how OKC was going to move him. But what they did, what he did instead, he led them into the playoffs. Now he got, then you see how Shea Gilchrist talks about him as being his big brother and really being his understudy and showing him the way and the ropes of how to do things, being a basketball savant and showing him not only on the court, but off the court. And then you seeing him play and seeing how he reads the game and how he reads the plays ahead of time, how he studies the other team more than he studies his own, how he knows everything that's about to happen before it happens. Without that savant, then you got even on Suns, you got a Devin Booker who he might not be the vocal or whatever, but like he could be the vocal. We never know. But it might be in a different style because the Suns is not winning or they're not at the point to where they are being considered as a title favorite. They're still an up and coming team. And he's the only, he's the sole all star on that team. But hearing his team talk about him shows that he has some type of leadership on his play and the way he goes around that in the way that he's transparent with his growth. And they've seen his growth because he's been there. So that's his, his progress can be that leadership that they need because they are fulfilled with younger players. So that progress that he shows and his evolution of becoming the player that he is today and the player that he is going to become they're being shown, oh, the media can say this about me, this, this, and this. Just like the video about him saying, oh, why y'all double team and open gym? Well, they can take that and say, bro, throw that away. Look how I'm playing now. Look how I've adapted to that. So he's, saying, he's showing that through, and that's his way of being a leader. And he's going to grow and mature into a better leader, and his style might change as he do mature. And he reaches his full peak. Yeah, I mean, then you got a Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, I mean, he's more of the he's more of a D Wade. Like I compare him to D Wade, just his style of pay, play and the way he approaches the game. You see, he's not scared of nothing. If you hear him talk and you see how he play, he's not. But he respects it all. And he respects the game. He studies the game. And then you see John Morant, young. But you see how the team is going behind, and they really are receptive of the things that he say in a way that he responds to adversity. So that's a beautiful thing as well. And, and you got so many forms of this leadership. You got Udonis Haslam. When the last time you seen him in the actual, in that actual game playing big minutes hey, and playing. Hey, Jamie, what's up? Can I say this too, to your point, Udonis Haslam's only started three games in his career at Miami. 
Exactly. So at the end of the day, UD, but he's still in the he's still in that organization for a reason. Cause he holds play, players accountable, like I was talking about before. He co- he holds them accountable and he shows a different style of leadership and he's hard nosed. He's rugged. You know what I mean? He's been through these situations before, his experience. All of these journeys and triumph, he's been through it and he's expressing that through his leadership. And you see how the Miami, he always he's He's a part of that cloth of how to o- overcome being an underdog and to just playing your style of ball and really searching and going for the overall victory and putting everything else aside, the naysayers and everything and that. So, yeah, the leadership. Now, I mean, everybody has their different leadership styles and the way they respond to different leaders. But at the end of the day, it's like, yo, you can never fault somebody on how they lead because it might not be your leadership style, but you just don't got to follow that person. You don't have to be around that person. That's all that is. You don't have to. That is your decision to be around that person or to be receptive to that person. But you overall, you can control your own narrative. And hey, if he know, if you see your leader knows where he's going, he's been there, and he truly believes, and he's showing you he truly believes in that style. And you follow that, then that because that person is a great leader in their own form. And that's how I feel about that. And Thanks. hey, one person we forgot too was Drew. Drew Holiday. I don't think the Pelicans would be as defensive minded as they are now if it wasn't for Drew being on that team. Uh, and then you got people that are dogs that are leaders like Jimmy Butler's. Um, and just like you said, Donovan Mitchell, I like that comparison in a way because I was feeling like that too, like the swag he had, like how he came into the league and he might win a chip next year. You never know his third year in the league, or actually this is his third year, but you know what I'm saying? Just same swag, same cadence, all that. Uh, but when you said Chris Paul too, bro, I think that's one of the, uh, Honestly, I think Chris Paul is the top leader in the league, like a, a players, like just to see what he does with what he did with the Thunder. Like Gildas Alexander wasn't scoring what he was scoring last year, but you bring Chris Paul into that situation, he grooms him into a great player. And yeah, I think just just in my generation, I'm gonna say Chris Paul the number one leader of my generation. But that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, bro, you got different dogs. You know what I mean? You got different ways people lead. Of course, I could have went down the list. I just wanted to, you know I mean, show a few examples of who, but you touched on even more, you know what I mean, their styles of leading. And we've all been in positions that were, you know what I mean, on the, maybe on a smaller scale of how we have to lead certain situations and determine that. You always know who that is. And it really it comes down to being an alpha. Everybody is not an alpha. Some people are born to be betas. You know what I mean? So everybody's not an alpha. If you got too many alphas, then you ain't got no leader. You got a lot of actors. You got a lot of people that's acting upon or acting like of such a alpha, but they're really betas when they when you put that pressure to them. And you see that all the time, not just in the NBA, but just in life. You see that when pressure is put to certain people, they go from alpha to beta because they were never alpha in the first place. So 
a lot of these stars are stars because they are alphas and they depend, they, they demand that attention. Know what I mean, so like, yeah, it's like Chris Paul, he could have been, there's been plenty of players to say, oh, he's an asshole. He just this and that. But at the end of the day, what does the results look like when he's healthy? His problem been injuries. But as far as results, when he's healthy, it's been promising results of, oh, I see why he's leading like this. I mean, and that's the thing that matters. It's like, what results can we get out of this? Hey, and sorry, Joker, I forgot you too, because you running it from the big man spot. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you said saying earlier, you got the seven footers doing point guard things now. So it's just, it's uh, the league is it's beautiful right now. But yeah, that's where I'm at. Hell yeah. And um, good job. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all named all the leadership uh, styles and the different personnel that's leading. Um, I didn't lead. I didn't name them because um, when you go and listen to my question, I said, you know, that's my type. I like his type of leadership and my experience as a military, you know what I'm saying? And what I've done, that's the type of leadership that I will follow and that I like the most. And then, you know, just to end it off, I want to hear which type of leadership style do y'all like the most? Not to name a player. You don't have to name a player, but like, what will you follow when you are, when you do have to be a follower in a certain situation? Because we are all alpha males. When you do have to follow, who would you follow and what type of leadership? I know Jamie follows like a brother, Ben X. That's another type of leader that's in a different category and type of stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, like brother Ben X. I mean, the NOI. There's also things that I question. Well, I mean, not just question, but I observe on now that, you know what I mean? I take stop. I, I see what you're doing in this situation. This other situation might not be for me. But I like what you're doing in this situation. So just like when you're molding a player, you're molding a leader. When you're molding a leader, you mold them to, you know what I mean? You get this from this person or you get this from this person, these great leaders of life. And like I said, like, yes, LeBron is a major. I like the – I'm a LeBron fan because I like the way – not only the way he played, but the way he approaches the game inside and outside of it. He does not go with the same – things that we were taught when we were younger of shut up and dribble or you go be a failure. He takes that and says, no, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. That's why I respect him. It's much bigger than basketball. I respect him overall as a leader because he's showing, oh, you can take, no matter what they say, you can do this over here and be just as successful and be just as noticed and notarized and really get your point across of how a alpha can control the complete narrative of everything going around them instead of leading it to somebody else to dissect and control. And my leadership style is of a Ben-X slash a LeBron, you know what I mean, type of leadership. It's like, yes, I'm an alpha, but I'm very personal, like personable with whoever that approaches me. Uh, me or that wants to do business or wants me to seek and let that allows me to see their perspective on things and me actually be receptive to it. So, yeah, that's my type of style. My type of leadership style is, uh, 
to not follow, but to walk with. I think it's just like this, just like when I used to manage, I used to tell my workers, if it's just like, or even like this, if a manager ain't out there sweating with you, then they really, you know what I'm saying? That just shows you what type of manager they are, type of person they are. Uh, people that's going to get out there and sweat with you, uh, be with you in the gym, hoop and things like that. Talk about it. Uh, but you yeah. were with me shooting like, in the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like, Jamie, you, you brought up Ben X. Like, I don't see you following him, bro. I see you walking with him. And I just feel like I'd rather be in a situation where I'm walking with somebody instead of following them because there's like, I don't know. I see like, I see just like leaders that, like Trump, he wants you to follow him. You know what I'm saying? And then you got people like Martin Luther King or Obama where it was where, hey, I'm going to walk with you. So that's my type of leadership style. And that's something I try to uh, do in life. And I guess it's time to switch topics. Sports Report. All right, guys, let me ask y'all this real quick. Don't do that again. NCAA? <laughs> y'all, was y'all believe the, y'all believe the uh, NCAA, just all sports, men, female, from lacrosse to hockey to basketball, do you think they should play this year? If they could do it like the NBA is doing it, they should all play, bro. Football, yeah, people say it's a contact sport, smart contact. Niggas is in there banging paws in the NBA. Like, they're touching each other Whoa. the same, bro. <laughs> niggas, Whoa. two pauses. Two pauses. Two pauses. Whoa. Niggas have, yo, niggas he needs some milk. Niggas have advisors in the NFL. Like, it's, it's virtually the same. If they can control it like they control the NBA, then cool. I think they should. But I also think the NCAA, it's not going to be surprising if they cancel soon coming because if you have not seen, which y'all, I know y'all have, uh, certain conferences are saying, no, oh, fuck that, we ain't playing, blah, blah, blah. It's just going to keep going on and on. So I'm not going to be surprised if the, uh, if the NCAA doesn't play. But other sports, if they can control it like the NBA is doing it, take notes from Adam Silver, the best commissioner in sports, then yeah, why not? Because, I mean, the NBA is proving they can do it. I mean, I understand that. But also understanding that it's much different when you're dealing with 12 to 15 people and 53 so, I mean, I understand it. Like, they say more, and you're dealing with an outside sport. As far as the contact, y'all all are in contact with each other. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you know what I mean? Just like the contact is, the, you don't, in the NBA, you don't have any gear on. So, that protects you from the actual person's contact. So, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, like, at the end of the day, I feel like, in football, yes, you the my whole thing is you don't have a plan in football. They don't have a plan. They haven't presented a plan to say this is what we're going to do. You can join this or not. They have been under the radar and behind the eight ball on constructing a plan for these players, which makes them what's up, Juan? Cowboys got that plan though. That's what I want. Yeah, to say. but overall, NFL or college, they haven't come up with a plan to say, "This is where how we are going to protect y'all to our best ability to keep y'all safe for y'all family." 
they more so been on the ego tip of we want y'all to play just to play. So my whole thing. Yeah, is them niggas started a whole goddamn petition or whatever they did, the players. Yeah, bro, because they have not been brought forth a plan in, of action. So that's a big difference between the NBA and everybody else. The NBA already had a plan established. And then they gave players the opportunity to say, oh, if you don't, now nah, I mean, agree or feel safe with this plan, then we more than respect your decision to not attend. See, the NFL and other entities, they have not came forth a plan and gave players options to, okay, this is our plan. Who's with it or not? Who's not? They just, oh, going on with whatever. Hey, next day, hey, we just ready to start the season. We just ready to play. We're ready to, nah, I mean, get money out of y'all. And that is my whole thing with the, it's just like, bro, come at least present a plan of action. That's why they boo that nigga's life away every time he appears. It's just like high school sports. You see that they're only going to let 30% in high school sports in Texas. You know, like we talked about last podcast. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's like you'll go to a football game before you go to church. Like, it's the same thing. Like, so it's just like I see it like this. I feel like it's going to be so hot somewhere in Texas for that crosstown rivalry, bro, that people going to start fighting. It's just like Jordans, you know what I'm saying? When the exclusives come out, it's just going to be like that ticket. Like, it's going to be crazy. Plus, a lot of tickets are going up this year, too. So, these conferences are trying to find balances. We've seen uh, Tech and them trying to play. We've seen a dude from Ohio State trying to uh, trying to transfer and stuff like that so he can play. So, it's just things like that you put into consideration. Also, one thing Jamie brought to our attention and we needed to put in consideration was our all-time starting five in the NBA. Jamie, I'm going to let you start out with that, man. Where you at with that? What's your top five? Yes, sir. Five with the five. Juicy, juicy. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Relax. My top five, bro, at point guards. You at point guards. Starting at point guard, you have LeBron James. Hey, bro. Say, bro. I'm so Come sorry. Oh, bro. I did this whole again. I asked for clarification <laughs> and everything. I only did for per per position. <laughs> but go ahead, bro. Give it to us. Boom. Pause. At Starting at point guard, you have a little Ron James. Starting at shooting guard, you have Kobe Bean Bryant. Starting at small forward, you have Kevin Durantula. Tarantula! Starting at power forward, you have Anthony the Brow Davis. The brow, brow, brow. Starting at center, the most dominant player in NBA history, Shaquille Kazam (laughs) (laughs) O'Neal. 
<laughs> this nigga is wild. Hey, <laughs> yes, tell me that movie didn't get us to go hard. That movie didn't that, get us to go hard. Bro, that was one of my favorite animals. movies. Yeah, that shit is tough. That was top one of my favorite movies, bro. And they don't even bring it up. But top five movies, top five movies with a basketball player in it. They don't even break break it up, bro. That shit, that was my shit. But yeah, that's mine. I like those. I like that. You gonna go, Dion? Yeah, mine. Um, I kind of went per position, but then I just kind of went who I like and what I think will win the game. At one, we got Steph. At two, we got Kobe Bean Bryant again. Rest in peace, along with the Mamba. At the three, you already know. Ain't got to say his name, LBJ. At the four, we got Timmy D, Mr. Fundamental. And at the five, once again, Mr. Kazam himself, the most dominant beast of all time, Shaquille O'Neal. Hey, we washing, y'all. <laughs> Fuck, <Hey. no. laughs> Fuck We washing, y'all. <laughs> the, only, the only matchup I don't, the only, only matchup hey. I don't like is Timmy D and AD. But Timmy can D up in his prime. We watching y'all. Timmy Steph against no. Bron is over with. Fuck no. Steph against Bron is over with. Nah, Steph in his prime peak. Right, he, he's getting past Bron. He might block him sometimes, though, but he'll be all right. He's going to have to score 60. Here my list. Because we played positionless basketball, but I kept, I kept it a little old school with it. And my point guard, I got Kobe, Black, Mamba, Bryant. And my two guard, I have Michael. I'm a gamble it all, Jordan. Then I have LeBron James. Yes, I have him over Kevin. Sorry, Kevin. Then I have my favorite player in the world and ever. I love this man, Pauls. Big inspiration for me in my life, Dirk Nowinski. Dirk Nowinski. The at the five, at the five, I got Timmy Duncan, who played most of his minutes at Center. And yeah, I I'm saying like you, this, like I'm Jamie, watching, Jamie, Jamie. I like that dirt. I like Jamie, that. You're not watching I, me, bro. I'm you're watching, watching this. Y'all. No, no, you're not. You're not. No, you're not, I'm bro. bro. How? I don't know you how you think your team is gonna bro? watch mine. Just because I have Steph at point doesn't mean Brian is gonna uh, have to guard. Uh, he's gonna have to guard Brian. That doesn't mean. No, that. no. This is why I'm watching y'all. Look, Steph. He's hurt first series. Too much. No, he's not. No, Too when we do these that. hypothetical situations, this is all prime. Bro, no it's injuries. all time. All it's prime, all no time. injuries. All it's prime, no like injuries. On 2K right we now. are gonna wax. I'm, right my now. team is gonna wax everybody. Just you can't do anything, bro. Steph, I had the White Pal and Courtney Lee playing. Steph in the playoffs. Oh, we watch it. It's not the playoffs. This is a hypothetical situation. One no, game. These niggas are all time. at their peak. I want my star all at their peak. All at their peak. No injuries. This is the Steph. That went 73 or 90 unanimous MVP step. And what when, happened? You can what say happened? he's gonna be, you can lock him up or whatever the case is. No, what is you can do whatever. You have to account for Steph. He changed the entire game, literally. You know this, Jamie. No. Don't do that. No, he, hold, he hold on, Jamie. Jamie, hey, Jamie, you, know you don't have a mind Shumper. Hold on, Jamie. You don't have a mind Shumper beating him up like that and chasing him around like that. LeBron is gonna get tired chasing Steph around. Let's not let's not Steph act like Steph. LeBron. And LeBron, I'm a LeBron. Yeah, let's LeBron not fan. act like Steph can't run around, run around LeBron and Dion. And you better not act like LeBron won't be that motherfucker up. Bro, he can do both. That's what I'm saying. Like about, in the primes, I have the best team easily. No, LeBron Bro, in this. No, prime. you don't. 
LeBron and LeBron, LeBron, you don't. Kobe at the point guard. Bro, Kobe gonna see. D up both y'all. That's starters. bad. Bro, listen, listen. Holmes, who is you know the you know what why mine is so why mine is so like it's way ahead is because we talking about proms. Because KD, prom, no, it, no. Listen, in their prom, LeBron should have won the Defensive Player of the Year. In I their have prom, in their prom, they mm-hmm. and he was a two way player in his prom. Kobe in his prom was a two way player. I have Kobe. three. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Three KD, the best uh-huh. scorer you will ever see in your life. I uh-huh. promise you. Uh huh. I agree with that. Is a actual is a two way player. Number four, Anthony Davis is a two way player. You mm-hmm. can't guard you. You only can guard him in the post if you're strong. But he can take you anywhere on I the have, court. So Timmy D was a bitch in his prime in the post, and if we know what Shaq does. We both got Shaq. But so what, are you, what are you Timmy saying? D though? was in his when Timmy D was in his prime. He was not guarding niggas like Anthony Davis. Stop it. He was not. He can't. You saying he can't? He was not. You're not gonna bro, stop bro, any of these players. Jamie, We're not gonna stop. On, we can slow him down. We're gonna slow him down. Wait. We're gonna slow him down. Wait. So, so look. So look. So let's 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 do it like this because I'm hearing both y'all. I'm hearing both y'all points. Why don't we say it like this? Who do y'all think at a who do you, like? You know what I'm saying? We all going for our team. Who y'all think will win multiple championships? Y'all all of them? time squad. Just <laughs> like you said, Jamie. Hold on, Jamie. Just like you said, you would want your team to win the playoffs, right? You want them to win some championships. So I hear where you're coming from. And Dion, I hear where you're coming from. But as we look at our list, everybody on our list got what? Reigns. All I have to say is Shaq in his prom, okay, cool. But Tim Duncan in his prom? Bro, I'm not worried about Shaq because I got Dirk coming over to help. Hell no. Bro, bro I love you, Jamie, no. Jamie. That was my first, Jamie. That was my first favorite really? player, bro. I, really? That was my first Hold favorite on. player, but you're wilding out, bro. Stop. You're wilding out. Dirk go is my favorite, per, my go, first favorite you, player. Yo, you can actually you go don't watch. think Dirk could give Tim Duncan some help when Shaq comes over? Bro, in the you can actually go watch he that matchup. You telling me both them niggas? Together cannot this step, was, stop Shaq this is why, That's why no, Dirk didn't get to the finals watch. because he was running into Tim Duncan, bro. That's why Dirk wasn't getting in the finals. You can because go he was running Shaq. into them two niggas. That's why. Go watch Shaq in his prom against both of them. Let, we can do that. Oh, man. I love Dirk. They're not God. stopping that man in his prom. And then while they, be, while they busy double-teaming him, you going to leave AD? Stop it. No, we're leaving. We're leaving AD. We're leaving him. You if he's can't. on the perimeter, if he's on the perimeter, I'm leaving him. Dion, thank you, Dion. You want to know why? Because you go guard playoff experience. He has in the paint. No the paint is sold up, Jamie. So that's one why he's good in the playoffs, but he ain't got no rings. One on one, one on one. Who's guarding AD? One on one. Who's guarding no AD? Help. Timmy or Shaq? Tim Timmy Duncan. or Shaq? Tim. I got Shaq. Shaq. I got Shaq though. Kobe. LeBron. Stop. That's what I'm I saying. So Timmy or Shaq. We Dirk both have Shaq. Jamie, you don't think Dirk in his prom could really... Hell you talking no. about Dirk is not... Bro, stop. Bro. Dirk, stop, can, stop, Dirk stop, can score. 
Dirk can score on them niggas, but he's not stopping bro, them. He's not stopping no. AD in this front, bro. No. We're not doing that. Bro, no, he's not. He's not. He's not. We're not, not doing that, let's not, let's not go back to his MVP season. That's his prime, right? His MVP season? He was not guard. That's bro. most of people were in their prime? He was bro, not playing we'll go back defense. And look. Okay. Man, it's okay. I'm sorry, bro. Okay. To disappoint you. Okay, Jamie. He was. No, no he I'm wasn't. sorry to disappoint you. We'll go back Go back and look at some tapes, bro. At the end of the we game, will. you see what Dirk was doing. You're saying, okay, in his prom that year, look, when he was with I, I got a question. Who guarding KD? LeBron. LeBron yeah. is on the team. We have, have LeBron, but we can't say that. All right, this is a conflicted argument because we both got LeBron. But we, but no. We but both no, have LeBron. We both like have Kobe. We both have Shaq. We can have it like that, bro. Yeah, so it's kind of basketball. It ain't conflicted. It's just like playing in 2K. It's just how how... The better lineup, the better matchups, the better, uh, you know what I'm saying? How you no, work but listen, this is why I say it's conflicted in this argument is because we both we both have LeBron. So when he say, oh, LeBron can guard KD, I can say, oh, I have LeBron <laughs> on my team. <laughs> Bro, we so all if, three have LeBron. If, so if I'm going against somebody then and I already have LeBron, then yes, I, it's, a dub, it's a dub for me. I'm winning that. No. I'm winning that. But look, because I see it like this because you said all the time when we started seeing positions, right? We have everybody Who's guarding Steph? Who's so guarding Kobe like, Bean Bryant? Who, who, who's guarding look, Steph and who's guarding Kobe have, for my team? It shouldn't be like that. Who's, it should be whoever position, position. Wherever your point guard is at and Deion's point guard is at and my point guard is at, that's who should be guarding who. So we have a Kobe guarding a Steph and then we have a LeBron guarding a Kobe and Steph. LeBron's going to win that matchup. So Jamie got us right there, Right. Yes. Now we go to the two. We got Michael Jordan. Uh, Dion, who'd you have as your two? Kobe. I got Kobe, Kobe, too, as my two. And I got Mike. Mike taking that. Stop playing with him. They all, they all said each other. They going to do the same literally, shit. Literally. Literally <laughs> offset. They all said hey, each Mike other. They going to do the same shit. <laughs> Mike got it. I'm going to get that nah. one. Nah. Now we go to the three. We got LeBron Kobe is quicker, stronger, and faster because he's in Who'd you have later. in your three? You had Kevin Durant. So we got LeBron versus Kevin Durant versus who was your three, Dion? LeBron. Oh, so LeBron, LeBron versus KD. LeBron got that. Sorry, Jamie. Boom. So we go to the four. Don't do that. No, I don't like the way you we did that. We go to that. the four. No, I don't like the way you did Bro, that. Bro, I'm giving everybody yeah, you do. flowers. What do you mean? That's the nah, first but... time Dion has had one player that would be over anybody. Your team nah, is like... stacked right now. Yeah, it is. We no, winning, nigga. No, he's not. I just no, want to know winning. who's going to guard winning. Steph and Kobe because you're going to be worried about LeBron. And you're going to be worried about I just told you who can guard Steph. I want to know who's going to guard Steph and Kobe. I just told you. Who? Bro, we talking about championship, right? Who? We talking about cha- winning the championship. Who's guarding Steph and Kobe? I have... I have Kobe. <laughs> I don't. Okay, so I really don't know how to answer that because I have Kobe. <laughs> we would just have to match hey, them you up. Know, you know what we're going to have to do on that one? We're going to have to switch the topic. Yes. It's a new Le- LeBron. It's a new LeBron. LeBron and it's a new gen. It's 2020. It's a new LeBron. This ain't playoff LeBron. This championship LeBron. All of them. You know how Goku got LeBron, different. You, you know. No, not the last four years, Jamie. No, it's it been, been, I'm talking about the LeBron. way that he has performed in the playoff. It's been the perception around the way that he performs 
has been championship or bust LeBron. But the playoff LeBron term is a trendy term that we go to. But my expectations has always been championship LeBron. Say, what year did Iguodala win finals MVP? What year was when that? Le- I forget the exact year, but I know LeBron. 16? Like was it like 16? 15. It was 15. 17? Okay, it 15. was 15. So look, LeBron should have got finals MVP of that game, and he still lost. <laughs> you right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I see LeBron as being the MVP of every game, but Dame is going to bring it to him. Dame might hit 60. CJ might hit 30. Melo might hit 17. Double-double uh, from they whole big. So, y'all got something coming to you, but I give it to we y'all. Maybe six. Talking about every game, though. Nurkic, oh, hey, did you see game, Nurkic? But look, Have you hey, seen Nurkic? But look, bro. But, bro, look. Dame, is, I, Dame has been bringing it to him every game, bro. They have been he bringing has, it, bro. They have been playing with passion. So, I think yes, with all the passion that Dame has been playing for, but that's cool, though. But I feel like that momentum is going to go into the playoffs. That's why people want to win games going into the playoffs because it's the momentum. And I feel like that momentum is going to help them – uh, at least win two games. I mean, I'm not mad that you say that, bro. I just feel like they've exhausted so much energy trying to even get into the get the playoffs, bro. It's like, eh, we high key been chilling and waiting on a seed, bro. Because when you lock, everybody know when you lock up a seed so early, bro, it's hard to stay motivated, especially in a fucking bubble. And then it's like, bro, at the end of the day, we got vets and we got. And we mix with young players, but like we got best who's been there that know the grind, that know what it takes to get through the grind. And I honestly feel at the end of the day, bro, Nurkic been have you seen I've I watch people mannerisms. Have you seen him after every game in this bubble? He's been dead tired, bro. And he has not gone against nobody of the caliber of KD. All right, not KD, but AD. Yeah, not going back against nobody of that caliber. And we got a few big men that will de- that we that can play defense. You think Nurkic is going to guard AD? I mean, who else go? You gonna put Zach Collins against him? And I think they are. Thing, um, but they're gonna bro, they're gonna trust Collins. That's barbecue chicken. Like even he was banged up last game. He got banged up last game. So it's like at the end of the day. Whoever they put against and what they and what they big man struggle against is <clears throat> foul problems. Who is our best foul shooter on our team? AD. AD is about to get Nurkic out of the game. I ain't even talking about just my skill. It's just the fact you can't guard this man. You about to foul. Facts. Nurkic go about, probably average two, three fouls in the first quarter. So he's going to become a liability. My this is my prediction. He's gonna become a liability. Zach Collins cannot guard that man, and he's already hurt. You can't guard him healthy. You damn sure can't guard him hurt. And then AD is not a one-dimensional player. He's gonna go and he can play defense. So all them buckets, you no, that's barbecue chicken. Give me that. AD is also in a running in a running for defensive player of the year. The only difference is he go give it to you on the offense too. So that is a dynamic that they have not been prepared for. They, and the Blazers cannot play defense. So 
we have to. I'm not gonna lie. We have to get back to our defensive form of what we want or what we was. We have to, but projected how I see it, I see us getting back to that form and saying, "Bro, y'all can't fuck with us." And I expect Dame to do what Dame does, but we trapping that off skate. And I expect, like I said, I, I, if we force everybody else to beat us but Dame, it might be a sweep, bro. I'm not gonna lie, lie to you. Hey, hey, uh, and that brings us to our next topic. You know what I'm saying? What teams you feel like will surprise us in the bubble? I feel like Mavericks will surprise us. I feel like we'll probably get off to a hot start like usual. And then you know what happens after that. But I feel like we'll surprise them. I think we'll probably blow the Clippers out one game. That's like, for real, it's just one game. That's it. Not for real. That's my surprise team. I think y'all have a chance. I only, I'm not even saying this as a hater, bro. I just feel like y'all, I mean, we, Jamie, not, we, it's stop not with y'all. It's we, it's we. Stop with the y'all. It's we. You are a Mavericks Who's fan, we? but you, you, you are a Mavericks fan, but you love LeBron. It's we. I'm, you, I'm you, you, you can, bro, Jamie, you no, can sit I'm there not. and tell me they whole personnel. Stop playing with me. Every coach in the last five years, stop playing with me. Listen, you wasn't out there in listen. Arlington. Hey, you wasn't out there in the Arlington. Stop playing with me. You wasn't in the act. Uh, stop. Stop it. Anyways. <laughs> and hold on, bro. Dion. Look, Deion, audience. Deion, audience, what we tell you about Dion, what we tell no. you about last time, bro? Stop talking to us between you and there like that, bro. Paul, Chill, be Paul bro. your end, bro. You be, you be doing too much on that. Hey, go ahead, look, Jamie. Look, bro. I feel like, honestly, feel like the Mavs have a chance against the Clippers because this is an unusual situation where, for one, there is no home court advantage. And then for two, it's unusual that you have a seven seed that is the best offense in the league. That is very unusual. So if it comes down to scoring, and then, hey, for me, if I'm not convinced that Paul George is just automatic in the playoffs, because I've seen enough, he might surprise me. Kudos. But I've seen enough, and I've seen I think he'll surprise him. You. But I've also seen, if you've been watching and studying, that him and Kawhi don't get along too much. If you've seen the mannerisms of when they play, coming down the stretch, the uncertainty, Hey, a lot of people want to go with the hype, but I study that shit. I see it. The debate, the, the who go take this light or damn, bro, why in the past to me? I see all that. I see it in their face. I see it in they, the way they carry themselves. So that matters in chemistry. It, chemistry matters. Can I ask you a question? You have. What's up, bro? Can I ask you a question? Because I, I had seen that on Twitter. Did you see that? Like, did you just start seeing that like, like two weeks ago when they were talking about it and shit? When Kawhi wanted that last, you know what I'm saying? No, nah, I can't give you a to shoot it. I, but, I can't but, give you a certain time that I've seen it. I just see it every time I see them play. As far as the I feel the like you know, they've only played like 40 games together. They're a new team. They're still trying to see. Uh, but I think Paul George was just maybe 
well, you know, Kawhi quiet, so let me take this last shot type shit. I've been in the playoffs before type shit, but once they, I think, once they start playing a little bit more seasons together, getting to know each other more, I don't think, I think that's why they're kind of, uh, like their team as a whole, they really ain't played too much together. But we talk like about a build- this season, though. I know. I'm That's why this season. I'm they've only addressing they've this only season. Played, yeah, I'm, playing, I'm talking about this season, but they've only played 40 games together. Exactly. That's why. Season. But That's, but why, I'm going, that's why I'm going to my point. You're contributing to the point that I'm currently making, though. Why I say... I know. I, I think the Mavs actually have a chance in this. And really, the determining factor will be who the Mavs' third option will be. And if Porzingis will play like a dog. But if all those factors are answered, they have a chance. And at the end of the day, like, but they, I won't say they my, they my sleeper. So we get back to the original topic, my sleeper. No, no, the, it's not sleeper. It's, your, or it's a surprise it? team. Like surprise a team, that can, team that'll be like that will surprise you in the playoffs. That could be shit. Somebody taking it could be like Damon them taking y'all to five or seven games. You would be surprised to like say I if say I the say magic. He, like I if the magic if the magic took uh, Milwaukee in the seven games. You know what I'm saying? Nah, I say the Heat making to the the Eastern Conference Finals and winning it. Okay, bet that. That's mine. We already you you we already know what's up with that. Me and you. What's up, Dion? Okay. Yeah. Um, shut up. He, uh, he, uh, y'all both said the same one I was going to say because I mean, I looked at the bracket again or whatever and everything, and it will be a surprise to most people if the Mavericks take the Clippers to seven games. And to me, I think that's, that could probably happen. And it's not going to surprise me very much, but most surprising teams are just going to surprise a lot of people. And I do think they have a real chance too. And then, you know, I've said it before forever, besides being a LeBron fan, once he's done, they are, I'm a Mavericks fan. When I started watching basketball, I started liking basketball. It's because I was watching Michael Finley and Steve Nash and Dirk, but it didn't work. My mom's a huge Mavericks fan, so, I mean, I like Mavericks. Maybe there's a little bias there. But, no, the way they play, they played in the bubble and the way they played all season, the way they play. And the Clippers are just, to me, they just look inconsistent. Even when they say, oh, oh we don't have our players and all this shit, not from a hater standpoint because I want the Lakers to win. The Clippers, they just play inconsistent. Like, Kawhi is a nigga that will go out there and shoot three for 18. Paul George is definitely a nigga that will go out there and shoot three for 18, and they'll lose. They've lost some games like that to bubble. They should not have lost to the Nets, and they did. They've lost, they lost to some other people. They, they do that. They've done that all season. I just see them as inconsistent. And the Mavericks, we've kind of always been inconsistent type of team, except for the one year we won the championship. Um, but for the most part, thank you, Dion. Thank you, Dion. I think Thank you more, for saying we. Yeah. yeah, I think we're more consistent than the Clippers are this year. Honestly, I, I legitimately believe that. So I think there's a great chance, not even a good chance, that the Mavericks fuck around and beat the uh, Clippers in this situation. If it doesn't happen, it's not going to surprise me. If it does happen, it's not going to surprise me. That's who I'll pick if you were asking me what will be my surprise because I don't see that series going no less than six games, period, um, either way, Clippers or Mavericks. Bro. Respect, respect, respect. Oh shit! What's up? Pop your shit, bro. Look, the only reason I didn't say the oh we sick because if you don't be, bro, you know my first actual team 
my first actual team that I like, and the only actual team I've ever called my favorite team is Detroit. Ooh, you look like Ben Wallace, kind of. Down there, you hear me? That might be, <laughs> that might be on. You hear me? But yeah, Chill. that's the only team. Hey, I was thinking Joe Dumas. teams that I actually like, and that's because, bro, they everybody ra- uh, raved and hyped, and for good reasons. The Spurs, as far as them winning with a team instead of an actual bona fide superstar, but. The Pistons, bro, they was wrecking the East before LeBron put a stop to that shit. LeBron put that shit on their heads, Paul. That's what made me just a a super, super LeBron fan. Because I've watched them go to them six straight or whatever, back-to-back Eastern Conference Finals, bro. They was wrecking the lead. Like, bro, I was watching them all the way up to Ronnie Stuckey. And when he came in, just the whole shift. And how that changed, and yeah, well, like, bro, I was watching them, like, so yeah, I was, that's why I can say I'm just, I'm be a Mavs fan when LeBron is retires. Cause I've never nah, we just, got you, we got you, but you like the Mavericks. You don't Mavs hate them, but you like them. You like shit if they win, I ain't even mad. No, but really, fuck them. You I only think I only think I like about them is well, shit. I don't even like it now because we're in a fucking pandemic. But I was about to say, if they win, nigga, damn shit, it's lit out here. But <laughs> <laughs> you are a fucking piece of shit. He <laughs> said, "Fuck them." We in a fucking pandemic, yo. I'm now, dead. nigga, that don't even fucking matter. <laughs> so really, you gonna be at the house, me. nigga, playing playing music loud yes, on the speakers nigga. and yelling out the window. Like, let's go. Give a damn, bro. So I'm. I really do not fuck with the Mavericks. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> You ain't shit. I fuck with them tough. I just respect a few players that have played with them. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. I'm not going to let you disrespect my Mavericks no more. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> that nigga said it would be turned up out here, though. Hell, that's wrong for that one. I didn't want to disrespect Mark, them. Y'all baited me into that shit. Mark Cuban, do not let this, do not let this nigga in the game, Mark. Do not let him in. He, he don't. I'd be outside of the club. <laughs> it's lit, nigga. <laughs> and it's lit. But hey, man, y'all got anything else for us today? Hell no. Well, this has been another episode of the Three P Podcast. I'm your host, Jetstream Jones. I'm here with Dion and Jamie, and we back at it again for the win. <laughs>